Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Yo, it's Keith Smith, Atlanta Falcons fullback, and you're listening to Pro Football Chase Podcast. This is Jamon Bushrod, pro bowler. Super Bowl champion, you're listening to the Pro Football Chase podcast. Hey, it's Jimmy Ward. You're listening to the Pro Football Chase podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Packers wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scanling. It's the Pro Football Chase podcast. Hello, this is center Nick Martin for the Houston Texans, and you're listening to Pro Football Chase podcast. Hey, it's Willie Gay Jr., Chiefs linebacker, and you're listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Keith Kirkwood, wide receiver, number 19 for the Carolina Panthers, and you're uh, listening to the podcast of Pro Football Chase. Hey, everyone. It's Chris Wormley here, Steelers defensive lineman, uh, and you guys are listening to the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Hey, what's up? It's Browns linebacker, Jacob Phillips, and we're live on the Chase Podcast. All right, what's going on, y'all? This is Channel 7, number 39 for the Green Bay Packers, and you're tuning in to Pro Football Chase. Let's go. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Signs with you in defensive tackle. Drew Worthy on the line today as we get ready to talk about the wildcard weekend. A lot of good games, Jarrell. And then we're going to preview the divisional round. But first things first, we got to check in on you, Jarrell. How are you doing today? Man, I'm doing excellent this morning, bro. Um, another round of playoffs, uh, another round of exciting football ahead of us. And so, I'm ready to get down to it, bro. Let's start the show with this, all right? Doug Peterson, Philadelphia Eagles head coach, was fired on Monday or so. You can also say parted ways. You know those terms are used in variations. But nonetheless, Peterson, 52 years old, posted a 42-37-1 record in five seasons as the Eagles head coach. He became just the eighth head coach in NFL history to win a Super Bowl within his first two years as head coach of a franchise. So, Jarrell... You know, this was surprising news to a lot of people just because of the success Peterson had. Now, we know the internal friction that had been going on between Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson. Their relationship was fractured. So what are your instant thoughts about the Eagles 
firing Doug Peterson? Well, I think, you know, realistically, when I'm looking at it, I think the Eagles uh, and owner Lurry, I think he thinks that he has a formula in place to be able to, uh, you know, rebuild this team and move uh, moving forward. I think, you know, they betted on the quarterback in this scenario. You know, obviously, Carson Wentz has a, a contract that's, that's stated to start this upcoming year. Um, he's going to count, I think, at least $25 million against the cap this year. Um, and it goes up uh, every year after that. And I think at the end of the day, um, it's going to be a tough scenario to part ways with him, um, either uh, with uh, release or via trade. I think it's going to be a very tough scenario uh, to get rid of Carson Wentz uh, just because of how much money they are, are they are owing him, and especially being in the first year of the new contract. But, you know, it's a little bit easier to get rid of a coach uh, that you pay, you know, around five, six, seven million dollars a year as opposed to a guy that you're going to be having to fork over, you know, 50, 60 million dollars if you want to part ways. Well, the thing is, is that it does increase the likelihood of Carson Wentz returning to the Eagles in 2021 with Doug Peterson out the door. So that very well could have been the case. Now, Doug Peterson apparently had approached Jeffrey Lurie. They had one meeting to recap the season and set a vision for the 2021 season. And reports out there suggest that Lurie was not impressed by Doug Peterson wanting to promote internal candidates to offense and defensive coordinators. You know, Jim Schwartz announced that he's stepping away from coaching for a year. So they were going to have to replace Schwartz at D.C. And both of those guys did not see eye to eye on what they wanted for this organization. Doug Peterson apparently was tired of being told what to do from Lurie and Howie Roseman. So both of them part ways. Now Doug Peterson is on the market. That's a seventh NFL head coaching job that's available to go along with Houston, Detroit, Jacksonville, Atlanta, the Chargers, the New York Jets. So we'll keep tabs on that, Jarrell. That's certainly a surprising nugget of information to start the week on Monday. But how about another hiring that happened yesterday? Dan Quinn, the former Falcons head coach, took the Cowboys defensive coordinator job, Jarrell. And Quinn, we all know, succeeded Gus Bradley as defensive coordinator in Seattle, taking over the Legion of Boom in its prime. And he'll now head to Dallas, where they fired Mike Nolan after a historically bad season in Dallas. So I have to say, as a Cowboy fan, I'm intrigued by it. Now, his defenses in Atlanta the last couple of years weren't very successful so I'm hoping that Dan Quinn, he's obviously not going to have to worry about being a head coach just as a D.C. Perhaps he can thrive in that role for a Cowboys defense that certainly needs to bolster the personnel. But having him in charge of the defense, I'm hoping for good things. Yeah, I personally think that Dan Quinn is going to help, you know, the Cowboys uh, personally. You know, he has the, the scheme um, in order for them to be successful. Obviously, you have to surround his scheme with the type of personnel um, you know, the biggest benefit is that the Dallas front seven uh, has an opportunity to rebuild and come back even stronger next year. Uh, the play of Alvin Smith this past year uh, can only be uh, nothing but uh, a positive heading into the offseason. Obviously, you pay, uh, you know, Lawrence a lot of money. And so you expect a, a better campaign for him. But I think overall, once you get some guys back from injury, especially in the linebacking core, um, and be able to revamp that secondary, they'll have an opportunity to be very uh, to be very competitive in this upcoming year, especially in the NFC East. 
Yeah, they do need to revamp that defense, and in free agency in the draft, they're going to have to get better. You know what? They may be bringing back our guy Gerald McCoy, who signed with Dallas last offseason, and he tore his quad in training camp, and there's word on the street that he's going to be returning, so that would help the interior of the defensive line. So Dan Quinn now in Dallas as defensive coordinator, Jarrell, but to turn the page here in the podcast, I want to recap wildcard playoff weekend. It was quite a bit of fun. We had the Bills knock off the Colts, the Rams over the Seahawks, which you called last week on the podcast. So that was a big time performance from the defense. Buccaneers, Washington football team, Tampa won. Ravens knocked off the Titans. Saints took care of the Bears. And then the Browns pulled the upset on the Steelers. On that note, I want to highlight an offensive player of wildcard weekend that you believe deserves some recognition, Jarrell. So who's that player for you? Uh, well, for me, it's got to be Cam Akers, uh, the running back for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, we talked about this last week on the podcast, as well as uh, the Cut the Check podcast, how important his role was in the success of, of in the in um, the role of having uh, to win this game on the road. I think, you know, having a great rushing attack and, and having two quarterbacks that were iffy. Obviously, Jared Goff came in uh, and played a great game, uh, you know, after the injury to John Wolford. I think at the end of the day, you know, having Cam Akers running for over four and a half yards to carry, um, going for 28 carries and one, 131 yards on the ground was really the calm for this offense. You know, the, the, the receiving core, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, they made some excellent catches down the field. Um, but realistically, man, Cam Akers and, and, um, and being dominant on the ground and especially having those two catches out the backfield as well for 45 yards. Um, I mean, he really put on a big display to be able to uh, get the win for the Rams and solidify uh, for them to head on uh, to Green Bay. Cam Akers certainly put together an impressive performance, Darrell. In fact, he is the first rookie to rush for at least 130 yards in a playoff game since Sean Green with the Jets in 2010. And then here's another one for you. Teams are 23-3 and in the playoffs all time when they have a rookie who rushed for at least 100 yards. But for me, I'm going to have to shine some light on two players, and it's the Browns running back, the backfield, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Those guys ran absolutely wild, Jarrell, on Sunday night in that win over the Pittsburgh Steelers in a game where everybody had picked the Steelers to knock off the Browns because, man, really, when you think about it, Jarrell, what the Browns were able to overcome, no Kevin Stefanski, they're without Bill Callahan, their offensive line coach, their starting corners, Denzel Ward and Kevin Johnson, and the list goes on and on, but Cleveland, they showed up to play Nick Chubb, 76 yards on 18 carries, and then you look at what they were able to get out of Kareem Hunt, 48 yards on eight carries and two touchdowns. Nick Chubb, four receptions, 69 yards. Kareem Hunt, one reception, 13 yards. And their ability to put pressure on Pittsburgh's defense, catching passes out of the backfield, I believe was pivotal in this win for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I mean, these guys were, man, I'm not going to lie to you, bro. I had to turn the TV off, bro, after a little while, just because it just was like, you know, when I'm looking at this, man, you know, Pittsburgh, we talked about this all year. Their offense has been in the bottom half of the league. Their defense has been stellar. And um, and they've just kind of been, you know, winning these close games because of the culture of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've been known to win these close games. But, you know, when these guys have gotten punched in the mouth, they haven't had anybody. They haven't had a response uh, this year that's been worthy of us uh, talking about. I think we can only have one example was maybe against the Colts after – 
Um, you know, but that's against Phillip Rivers, man. He's on his way out the door as well. It's not against a premier football team when we're talking about, uh, you know, the guys in the AFC or even in the NFC. So, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, they continue to, to I mean, they've been the laughing stock of the league over the last six weeks, man, especially going finishing their season one and five. And then how about all those TikTok videos by Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, Chase Claypool? Right. Those guys have gotten shredded apart, man. No, but it's just crazy because, once again, the Pittsburgh Steelers have – they've gone down uh, on the account of social media once again. You know, we saw before uh, with Antonio Brown, obviously the things get leaked in the locker room. Uh, you know, having Mike Tomlin come out in a position where he has to discipline a guy, then there's fueling and beefing within the organization already uh, about how much leniency guys get. And then, you know, at the end of the day, this is just a new generation of player. And, and these guys have to adapt. Uh, you know, obviously the game and the players have changed, but the necessary structure and how to run uh, an NFL organization hasn't changed. And so these guys have to adapt to what's going on and they have to understand that this is a business. Um, yes, we have fun. We make a lot of money. But at the end of the day, this is a business, respectively, and um, and ultimately cost them the opportunity to be uh, to be AFC champs as well as uh, have a run at the Super Bowl. A stunner there in Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Good for them. They're, I know their fan base is absolutely thrilled and hyped about them advancing to the divisional round. But, Jarrell, let's go to the defensive side of the ball there was a lot of good performances out there, and I'll go first on this one. And he wasn't necessarily a flashy player on Saturday, but what he was able to accomplish for his defense was significant. And I'm going to go with Buccaneers linebacker Levante David, who is one of my favorite players in the NFL, played at Nebraska. You know Devin White was out because of COVID-19 protocols. But David upped his game and was all over the field. He finished with nine total tackles, eight solo, one sack, one tackle for loss, one pass defense, and one quarterback hit. And that Tampa defense, they struggled at times. Jarrell Taylor Heineke, he showed up to play, man, and he made some big-time throws down the field, kept Washington in it, especially as the third and fourth quarters came underway, but Levante David was a consistent force for Todd Bowles' defense, and for that reason, I want to give him some praise for defensive player of Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, bro, he was balling. Uh, you know, uh, Tyler Hickey was trying to do all he could, but these guys were all over the field, man. You know, the Buccaneers, uh, I think it was great that they had an opportunity to really get uh, – um, um, it was an impressive win, but at the same time, it wasn't necessarily a win – that was, uh, you know, obviously you're going to just, you know, just being all about. But at the same time, with a young secondary and uh, guys that have never been in this situation before, I think it was great getting the win under their belt because obviously you got the big dogs coming up in the New Orleans Saints, and that's going to be a uh, that's going to be a nail biter. But we'll get into that at a later point. My defensive point, my defensive player is going to be MJ Stewart. Um, you know, with the Cleveland Browns, cornerback with the Cleveland Browns, had an opportunity to jumpstart the debacle of the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, having that one in, that one hand interception, um, having a uh, having a tackle for loss this past week, also leading leading his team in tackles as well. I'm going to give it to MJ Stewart just for balling out and realistically setting the tone for this defense. Um, anytime you go on the road and you're facing a Hall of Fame quarterback, man. When you can get some turnovers, one even if it's just one turnover, man, um, that really could uh, jumpstart uh, the the team's emotion and how in their response towards the game. So coming out the gate, man, obviously they had the fumble and which led to a score, but to come right back 
And to have that one hand interception, it really was the fueling, uh, the, the, the gas on the fire, man, for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. MJ Stewart. The interesting story about him, Jarrell, is that he was a second-round pick in 2018 out of North Carolina to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but they cut him before the 2020 season. He was claimed off waivers by the Cleveland Browns, and this is a player that really had his playing time increase because of Kevin Johnson and Denzel Ward and them being depleted in the secondary, and he did not disappoint on Sunday night coming through with that interception that you're just talking about. A unique story, Jarrell, that just goes to show you that a lot of these guys who are cut several times and they end up on contending teams and they continue to work at it and then they're going to get their time to shine on the biggest stage and when they come through like MJ Stewart did, it just makes for a really cool story. Nah, it's really cool, man. I mean, obviously, you know, I've had my share of ups and downs as far as the NFL career, so I can definitely attest to that uh, as, as far as, you know, keeping your head in it and, and sticking things through. And, um, you know, I had an opportunity to be a teammate with MJ Stewart in Tampa Bay when he was a rookie. Um, you know, he was a great teammate, man, uh, a part of a, a young secondary um, in which they uh, they relied on him a lot. I personally didn't think the, the cut was uh, sufficient for uh, his performance, but I think at the end of the day, you know, he's found uh, grass on the other side that's a little bit greener than Tampa, and I think at the end of the day, he's making the best of his opportunity. I was going to say, you've had your share of ups and downs. You came through and you excelled in, in your positions when you are given time to play. So, MJ Stewart, Levante David, those are defensive players of Wild Card Weekend. And now, let's get into some of these divisional playoff matchups. They're going to be... Some really intriguing ones that we're going to watch on Saturday and Sunday. The first game coming up here on Saturday, it's going to be between the number six-seeded Rams and the number one-seeded Green Bay Packers, 4.35 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. The reason why I believe this matchup could be a little tricky for Green Bay is because of that Rams defense. I mean, Jalen Ramsey... We know Aaron Donald got banged up a little bit with the rib injury, but he's expected to play. And that Jalen Ramsey-Devontae Adams matchup on the outside is going to be must-see TV, Jarrell. I cannot wait to see how those guys battle it out. We know Jalen Ramsey has been playing at an ultra-high level and once again limited DK Metcalf in the wildcard round. But when you look at this matchup, obviously I know you got some bias towards you about the Green Bay Packers. But are you a little concerned at all about the Rams coming to town? I'm always concerned when there's an, uh, uh, an elite pass rush group coming to face Aaron Rodgers because obviously we know that that's the Achilles heel of the Green Bay Packers when it comes to uh, uh, playoff football and um, getting uh, the Green Bay Packers off track. You know, we saw it a couple years ago uh, against the 49ers. We've seen it against the Seahawks. We've also seen it against the New York Giants back in the day as well. So, you know, when it comes to the elite defenses, man, and they come into town, uh, that pass rush has always been the Achilles heel for the Green Bay Packers. Um, on another note, I think at the end of the day, you know, this is going to be a slugfest going down to the to the very end. Um, on a couple occasions, you know, the Rams have one of the best pass defenses in the National Football League. Obviously, the Green Bay Packers being the number one offense in the National Football League is going to have some say so. Um, you know, I think the scheme is a lot different than how the Seattle Seahawks approach things as as opposed to the Green Bay Packers. There's going to be a lot of more uh, three, four wide receiver sets. It's going to be bunches, it's going to be motions. It's going to be sets where the, uh, the, the L.A. Rams are going to have to adjust 
um, to the things the Green Bay Packers are going to have uh, presented to them. On the other hand, I think their defensive line is going to be effective, and I think that Jalen Ramsey is going to have a pretty, he's going to have an impact on this game at some point in time. Um, will it sustain over a long period of uh, the whole game? Because obviously receivers and DBs is different. We don't know. But I think at the end of the day, the uh, the Green Bay Packers adding in Snack Harrison for their defensive line is going to be able to help their running, their, their Achilles here on defense, which has been their rush defense. Um, going up against Cam Akers because we got a kid that's going to come come in with no fear at this point in time now. A young rookie that has no fear, has success. He's coming to to take some heads off. And I think if the Rams have an opportunity to control the football and keep 12 off the field, then it's going to be uh, – it's the Rams are going to have some say-so when it comes to this game. And the thing about it is that Sean McVay said Jared Goff and John Wolford, who suffered a stinger, he took that hit from Jamal Adams against the Seahawks. They're both day-to-day. And once again, for the second consecutive week, he's not going to reveal who his starting quarterback is going to be. Of course, Jared Goff was supposed to be the emergency quarterback, which indeed he was. He entered the ball game still a couple of weeks out from that right thumb surgery, and he was able to do just enough to win that game for the Rams. Of course, the defense had the pick six by Darius Williams. I got to tell you what, Jarrell, I mean, Cooper Cup, we know he's expected to play. He's dealing with a knee injury, but he should be good to go, barring any setbacks in practice this week. I like the Rams, man. I think that that front seven with Michael Brockers, Aaron Donald, as long as he can be effective, I'm sure he's dealing with some sort of fractured ribs. But Leonard Floyd on the outside, they have a good rotation in, in the interior with Sebastian Joseph Day, Micah Kaiser, the linebacker is playing some good football as well. If they're able to get some dominant play once again from that offensive line, and it really helped them out getting Andrew Whitworth, their anchor of their offensive line, who missed four or five weeks with that knee injury, they look good. And Sean McVay, he is no stranger to the big stages, obviously taking the Rams to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So I think this is going to be a very tight game, and I'm going to give the edge to the Los Angeles Rams to pull the upset at Lambeau Field against Aaron Rodgers. I know the guy's hot. He's going to be the MVP. 48 touchdowns to just five interceptions this season. But I believe that secondary will anchor down for the Los Angeles Rams, and they'll be able to generate a nice rushing attack against Green Bay. And we may see a little bit of a replication of what the Niners were able to do to the Packers last postseason by absolutely shredding that run defense on the ground. So this is going to be an interesting one because I definitely hear your views, man. Um, I personally think it's going to come down to the wire. Uh, I'm going to give the edge in favor of Green Bay on a couple occasions. I think, you know, when I'm looking at the Seahawks offense and the success the Rams had, uh, these were long-developed routes that the Seahawks were trying to run, big shot plays that they were trying to get down the field. And we know that that's not a part of the Green Bay Packers offense. The Green Bay Packers offense is obviously going to give you what they take, give you what you present. Um, and they're, and they can obviously methodically move you all the way down the football field. I think the inclusion of Aaron, Aaron Jones. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? 
window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Into this uh, segment. Um, his improvement in the running back uh, in the running back category and how he's been able to uh, withstand uh, the hits and be durable this past year, I think it's gonna be it's gonna do nothing but help these guys in the type in a game like this um, because you already know that Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, and Floyd are gonna be trying to get themselves upfield and um, you know and that pass rush it only works when you have all the lanes secured. But when that ball is coming out fast like how it does with the Green Bay Packers. And the way that Aaron Rodgers scrambles, which is entirely different than how uh, Russell Wilson scrambles, then I think at the end of the day, the Packers do have a shot. Um, I'm not counting out the Rams in this one, but I think it's going to come down to a late-game field goal, and I'm in favor of the Green Bay Packers. Well, I've got the Los Angeles Rams winning by a game-winning field goal, 26-23 over the Packers. I like what they can bring to the table. I look for Jalen Ramsey to have a great battle with Devontae Adams on the outside. So 26-23, I'm taking the Rams. I know you said a field goal game winner in the Packers' favor. So what's that score line for you? So in the game-winning field goal, I'm actually going to give it in favor of the Packers 24-23. to Well, now the nightcap on Saturday, Jarrell, I think is going to be the best game of divisional round weekend. Number five-seeded Ravens at the number two Buffalo Bills. 8.15 p.m. Eastern time on NBC. Lamar Jackson got his first playoff win, as did Josh Allen last weekend. To set up this playoff matchup of 2018 first-round quarterbacks, the Ravens are hot. The defense is playing well. The Bills continue to surge forward. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, picking up where they left off in the regular season. They had a deep connection touchdown to help the Bills knock off the Colts at Orchard Park. This is going to provide some fireworks, Jarrell. I cannot wait to see these two teams take the field on Saturday night. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy matchup, man. I mean, you know, obviously the Buffalo Bills have been riding a, a, a great high over the last few weeks. Um, and, the Ram- and the Ravens getting themselves uh, back into playoff contention, back into the, that type of playoff uh, mentality. And uh, we saw it when, we, when you see, you know, Calais Campbell walking down the sideline, mouthing off to the Tennessee Titans offensive line. You knew at that point in time that there was just a, a different look in the eyes of uh, of the of the Baltimore Ravens, and so you know they were very dominant last week, and it was a very uh, sustainable win. Although I think at the end of the day, I'm going to roll in favor of the Buffalo Bills on a couple of occasions. Um, the Baltimore Ravens won last week, and they look impressive doing what they've been with what they've been able to do all season long, which was run the football. We knew that they can run the football. They had an excellent day running the football, and Lamar Jackson was spectacular. 
But when I look at the stat line once again, Lamar Jackson throws an interception, doesn't have an opportunity to get them in the end zone when it comes to pushing the ball down the football field and uh, creating plays through the air. Although Hollywood uh, Brown had an opportunity, he had over 100 yards and he was great on seven receptions. We're talking about one of the best passing pass defenses secondary-wise in the National Football League when it comes to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, potentially four Pro Bowlers are going to line up in that secondary this upcoming Saturday. And so I think at the end of the day, yes, Greg Roman is going to have, he's going to have some success on the ground. But when that doesn't work and you have to push the ball through the air, that's when I really get, that's when I really get skeptical about the Baltimore Ravens in which the Tennessee Titans were able to expose uh, last week when they had them in a lot of third and long situations. I agree with you there, Jarrell. I'm actually, I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills to win this game in a close one, 29-27. Josh Allen is just playing out of his mind right now. Brian DeBall, they are in a rhythm offensively. I know they lost Zach Moss for the postseason. In fact, they just signed Devontae Freeman, who was cut from the Giants off injured reserve last Thursday. He's now going to have an opportunity to play that second fiddle to Devin Singletary. So that's kind of a good opportunity for a guy in Devontae Freeman that's been floating around looking for a big-time opportunity. Don't discount what he can bring to that Bills offense as a pass-catching back. Defensively, the Bills really have tightened the screws. Tredavious White has been playing well. Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, and then Matt Milano, his return back from injured reserve, I believe has given this Bills defense an extraordinary boost. Of course, Tremaine Edmonds playing there right alongside him. Their pass rush has really improved throughout the second half of the season. Jerry Hughes has made some noise. So I like Buffalo. Again, I would agree with you on the point about Lamar Jackson. He went off with his running ability. We saw him break a wild run all the way to the end zone. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards have been able to have some success on the ground. But this will be a matchup where Lamar Jackson is going to have to be successful to the air because Buffalo can solely focus on slowing down that rushing attack that Greg Roman puts together because Buffalo's defense is way better and more efficient than Tennessee's. I just do not have the confidence in Lamar Jackson to make the big-time throws for the Ravens to win this game. I think it'll be close, but the Bills by 2, 29-27 over Baltimore. Yeah, I'm going to roll in favor of the Bills, too. I think it's going to be a high-scoring matchup, but I'm actually going to roll in favor of the Bills. Um, I'm going to roll in a score of 34-26. to um, And the reason because is that uh, I think the the Baltimore Ravens are going to have opportunities to score. You know, if they have, if they can get um, any movement on their three techniques up front, you know, obviously you're going to have Ed Oliver in those positions, Harrison in those positions, um, you know, young bucks that have never necessarily been through the fire, uh, but has a lot of talent. Uh, if these guys can secure their holes um, and don't allow Lamar Jackson to really get ahead of, uh, ahead of steam going downhill. I mean, we saw, against Tennessee, man, these guys were flat-footed on their defensive line. They weren't attacking unless they were blitzing, and they didn't have any opportunities to change the line of scrimmage when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens. And when you can't change the line of scrimmage against a team, especially a team out of the AFC North that runs the football effectively like that, then it's going to make for a long day. And so realistically for me, yes, you talked about having all the linebacking quarterback. You have Edmonds. You have uh, Milano, uh, who is all, who is one of the uh, – 
one of the best uh, pass coverage uh, linebackers in the National Football League. Um, but it realistically, for me, it's going to come down to that three technique and that nose for Sean McDermott's uh, defense and how stout that they are when it comes to attacking the guys up front um, and creating small lanes for, for the running backs to run through. If they can get movement on those guys up front and Lamar Jackson gets ahead of steam, J.K. Dobbins gets ahead of steam, we haven't even discussed Mark Ingram, who's, uh, who's still uh, coming back from injury and having an opportunity to uh, be impactful in this game. We're talking. That's still a Pro Bowler that they have at their third running back right now. So we're we. If these guys can get ahead of steam, then it's going to be a long night for the Buffalo Bills. But I personally think that Sean McDermott is going to have these guys ready to play and ready to compete. So I'm going to go in favor of the Buffalo Bills, 34-26. Yeah, and again, Josh Allen, the level he's playing at is remarkable. He is an MVP candidate as well, and. I think at this point, he has drastically made a leap forward, and Brian DeBall has a big part of that. So I like the Bills to get it done because of Josh Allen's performance, and I look for him to have another good showing on Saturday night. So we'll go to the next matchup on Sunday's slate of games, Jarrell. The number six-seeded Browns at the number one-seeded Kansas City Chiefs, 3.05 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. We get Baker Mayfield against Patrick Mahomes. I know those two guys played in a big-time shootout in college back in 2016. Texas Tech and Oklahoma Mayfield topped Mahomes on that high-scoring game. I believe it was 66-59. So now they're going to play each other in the divisional round of the playoffs. Kansas City, we know who they are being such a high-powered offense. The Cleveland Browns coming off a 28-point quarter that they put up on the Pittsburgh Steelers. They came out, played with grit, with fire, with energy defensively. They're going to get back Denzel Ward, Kevin Johnson, of course, Kevin Stefanski returning from the COVID list. And we know Kareem Hunt, he already said it. He thinks this game is personal against the Kansas City Chiefs because they released him after that incident when he kicked that girl. And now he's going to return to Arrowhead, Jarrell. So there's a lot of storylines in this game to unpack. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Well, first and foremost, with Kareem Hunt, that's cool and all that is personal. But you, dog, you messed up on your own. Exactly. Like that, that, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, like that, I mean, like you could be personal all you want, bro. Just just make sure you make enough plays on Sunday to keep your name out the paper. That's all he need to focus on and worry about. And he, lie, he lied to the organization, too. That's why they cut him. So exactly. I didn't really yeah, like, agree yeah, with that. Like, that's how, yeah, that's, that's way out of pocket. Like, you know, that's on him and. And and then for me personally, I you know I don't really want to get in depth in that, but like bro, don't 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 if you have any opportunity, don't bring that up in the light, bro. Let let all your success be doing the talking right now. Everything that that's what you need to be focused on. It ain't no revenge tour on no for a team to release you because you put your hands on a female. Like that's out of pocket. Like, but as far as the schematics, the X's and O's of the 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 contest. Um, I personally think that the Kansas City Chiefs need to be highly aware um, that they don't want to get into a situation where they're trying to go score for score or uh, necessarily going score for score with the Browns. Uh, this is a team that obviously, um, you know, when o- it, does, it hurts to say this, but when OBJ has been out the lineup, Baker Mayfield has been obviously shining. You don't want to bring up his name a lot, obviously, but, you know, Baker Mayfield has been on uh, a a tear uh, over the last half of the season, Um, you know, and even being able to uh, uh, successfully win against teams that were above 500, which that was a knock on him earlier in this year. But when we're talking about the Cleveland Browns, I think for me, when they, they went into that game highly motivated, that was a personal thing that they wanted to get done. 
Now, can you stay motivated moving forward when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that we know that's going to that's a walk in 30 points per game, um, but also has enough on their defensive side to make a statement? Um, I think for me, it's going to come down to the Kansas City Chiefs running the football, man. Give the give the ball to Le'Veon Bell, man. Go ahead and let him do what he does best and run the football because the Browns knew that the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't going to run the football. They're 32nd in the National Football League. They're not running the football. So you can go ahead and pin your ears back and become more dominant in that fashion. But when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs, they got to run the football, man. You got a dude back there that's been known to kill the Cleveland Browns. I think the Chiefs should run the football in order to keep their the Browns' high-powered offense off the field as well as to make a statement against this Cleveland Browns defense, who was essentially all ready to go because they knew the Pittsburgh Steelers were only going to be throwing the football. I see big performances coming from Kansas City's defensive front. I know all the talk comes on offense with Mahomes, with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Nicole Hardman, but I like Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Those are two of their anchors on defense I believe they will apply immense pressure on Baker Mayfield on Sunday, and they're going to make life difficult for him and that offense moving forward. They do not get talked about enough. Chris Jones, Frank Clark, remember the name. Sunday, they're going to put it together in a big way for Kansas City. Well, you know I'm always an advocate for the D-line, bro, so I'm definitely going to give these boys a shout-out. Frank Clark being a personal friend of mine and, and Chris Jones just being one of the most de- uh, dominant defensive linemen in the National Football League. Uh, these da- these guys are definitely going to have a say-so. You know, Jack Conklin got injured last week, um, and he's been, uh, you know, floating up and down on the injury report this week. So we don't necessarily know what's going to be taking place for Sunday. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, if these guys can have big games and play well, then the Kansas City Chiefs run away with this one. Uh, you know, obviously, if you take these guys out the game and – and the Browns are able to keep up scoring-wise with the Chiefs, then it's going to be a close game. Um, but for me personally, I just think it's going to come down to, are the Browns still motivated? Because, you know, that game last week, that game was personal, bro. Like, when it comes to you talking about a divisional foe and you're talking about the playoffs and you're talking about we haven't been here in 18 years and you're talking about we were terrible this at this point in time now, then then this and that, you know, you got the dancing on the logo and whatnot. I think at the end of the day, bro, Uh, The Cleveland Browns didn't need any more motivation than they already had. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs, you're talking about, you know, a high-powered offense. Now, how are you going to get motivated for them? Because you know they can run the football and throw the football. How motivated are you defensively to come out and put up a, a, a great performance like you did against Pittsburgh? And that's just the thing. I don't think the Browns secondary can hold up well enough against Kansas City. I mean, they're already getting picked apart by Ben Roethlisberger when they're trying to come from behind. I get it. They were playing soft coverage. Joe Woods was rolling out the three deep look safeties over the top. They didn't want to allow the big play. But even with Denzel Ward coming back and Kevin Johnson coming back, I just, you know, the Chiefs are built differently with Tyreek Hill, with Sammy Watkins coming back, with Nico Hardman. There's just too much speed on that field. And then, yeah, when you throw in that run game, we don't know about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, his status yet. We'll see if he's available. If not, they're going to have Le'Veon Bell. I like them to pull away Jarrell in the third quarter, 34-24. I can see both of these teams exchanging scores early, kind of like what the Titans did with them last year against the Kansas City Chiefs. But, too much firepower. Andy Reid, I trust him. Eric Bieniemy to call up the plays. 
The Cleveland Browns may be able to hang close a little bit, but I like the Chiefs to pull away and end up winning by 10, 34-24. Yeah, I personally agree with that stat line, man. We're going to actually have identical score lines on this one because, you know, I think the person, I think the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, these guys have been sitting back. They've been hungry. They've been waiting. They're healthy. They're fresh. Um, there's one thing about their offense is that they literally can wake up and when they feet hit the ground, they can score 30 points. And so, like I said, it's going to come down to how well their defense plays. As you mentioned before, Frank Clark and uh, Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, et cetera, um, and how many plays they can make defensively. Um, but I think the Kansas City Chiefs run away with this one. Um, the Browns, I think they really uh, – I think they they shot their low last week when it came to uh, the the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm going to roll with um, – I'm going to roll with the Kansas City Chiefs in the same score line, 34-24. That's uh, pretty interesting. Both you and I, same score line. We're both going with the Chiefs. Again, the Browns credit them. I think they will put up a fight against Kansas City, but the Chiefs just have way too much in their arsenal. So the final game of divisional round, Jarrell, this is the Sunday afternoon game, 6.40 p.m. Eastern time. This will be broadcasted on Fox. Five-seed Buccaneers, two-seeded Saints. These guys will meet for a third time this season. We know how the first two meetings turned out for the Buccaneers. I mean, the Saints absolutely throttled them in both matchups. New Orleans defense has played very well against Tom Brady. Tampa's offense has been struggling, especially when they're having to go up against Marshawn Lattimore, who's had his wins over Mike Evans in that one-on-one matchup. Do you believe that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can finally come out on top in the third matchup over their divisional foe, the New Orleans Saints? I'm a roll with the Bucs, man. I'm rolling with playoff time. I'm rolling with Bruce Arians to call the game of his life. And I'm going to roll with this defense and their young secondary to get their hands on the football and create one, if not two, turnovers against Drew Brees. I think, obviously, we saw... Uh, last week, Michael Thomas in the slot was very effective. Um, I think at the end of the day, the linebacking core at Tampa Bay is a little bit better than Chicago, even though those guys are over, over there are elite. I'm going to still roll in favor of the two guys, especially with getting Devin White back into the lineup as well, getting activated um, off the COVID. Uh, you have an opportunity to get uh, Stephen McClendon back for your rushing attack. Um, that's going to help uh, shut down uh, Alvin Kamara, slow him down just to an extent. And realistically, like I said before, getting Devin White um, going alongside Levante David, uh, these guys have been great and excellent in pass coverage, especially against Alvin Kamara. I think at the end of the day, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to have uh, their say so when it comes to the final, the final, uh, the final matchup between the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Bucks. I am very tempted to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jarrell, just because you look at it in the NFL, it's extraordinarily hard and you know this more than most of us that beating an NFL team three times in the same season is very difficult to do so part of me wants to go with the Buccaneers to pull the upset off in New Orleans but I just cannot right now because when I've seen the Saints defense and how aggressive they are and especially you look at those two matchups against Tom Brady flustering him in the pocket Dennis Allen seems to have Tom Brady and Bruce Arians' number. Every time they dial up a blitz on the outside, they get home and they fluster him in the pocket, so much so that it affects his ability to make passes down the field. Then you go along with Marshawn Lattimore's success against Mike Evans on the outside. And then you look at 
the return of Trey Hendrickson. He's going to be healthy. He was inactive against Chicago. I like the Saints to take care of business at home, 31-27 over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This game, I believe, will be very close all the way down to the wire. But I like Drew Brees to get the job done. And, of course, another dominant performance by that Saints defense, Malcolm Jenkins, the Iron Man, back there anchoring that secondary for New Orleans. Man, I definitely see your points, man. I just think in the end of the day, man, Drew Brees is a guy that needs everything for him to go right offensively in order for them to be able to move down the football field. Uh, when it comes to skill-wise and just leading his team and just purely going out there and throwing the football, I think obviously that's where that's going to come in favor of Tom Brady. I think at the end of the day, um, when it comes down to, to number of possessions, controlling the clock, um, having who's going to have the late, the last possession, I'm going to roll in favor of Tom Brady, man. I think you know, he realizes what's at stake. Obviously, Drew Brees realizes what's at stake. Um, but I just think at the end of the day, at this point in time now of the season, um, with Tampa Bay getting uh, a more, I think what I, I think a better win, especially going on the road to do so, uh, would do what has has more of an impact uh, mentally and momentum wise for their team. Uh, going into that tough environment when it comes to New Orleans. And so I'm just going to roll in favor of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. I think they're going to get it done. I'm going to roll in a favor and a score of uh, 37 to 31. All right. Well, you're going with Tom Brady, Tampa Bay. I'm going to stick with the Saints, although I am tempted to go with the Bucs, as I stated several times. I like the Saints to win this just because of that defense. Marcus Davenport's another player that's under the radar. When he is healthy, he can be a force with his length coming off the edge for the New Orleans Saints. So there you have it, Jarrell. All of the divisional round matchups that we went through. Gave our picks for each game. Provided some analysis for the listeners. We'll kick things off on Saturday. Rams-Packers followed by the Ravens and Bills. And then Sunday, Browns-Chiefs first game, Buccaneers-Saints. It's going to be great. I cannot wait to see how these matchups unfold, Jarrell. It's going to be another good weekend of NFL football. Absolutely, man. I'm so excited. Um, shout out to all my teammates, former teammates, everybody that's balling this weekend. Um, you guys continue to stay safe out there, man. And uh, let's get to it, man. Division around, here we go. Yes, sir. Well, again, Jarrell, enjoyed it, man. It's always a blast to get you on the podcast. We will see how things unfold come this weekend. But until then, take care. God bless and stay safe, brother. Yes, sir. You too, man. I appreciate it again. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.